Hey, Scott and John here with Bible Mysteries. We want to thank you for being a listener, but we'd love to invite you to become a subscriber. Absolutely. This will only help us to expand the amount of people that we're able to reach and show the secrets in the Bible that the world doesn't want you to know about. That's right, John. And if you subscribe to Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast, you get some great benefits. Access to every current episode, the full thing, even with our interviews and any special events we do. Plus, we have downloadable show notes. We have our community forum and Slack that you can join. And we have our Bible Mysteries monthly newsletter. So for just $7 a month, you can help support us get the word out and defeat the satanic global elite. To subscribe, just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com. Thanks again for listening and enjoy the episode. Welcome to Bible Mysteries. What if there are secrets in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know? You're listening to episode 115, Extra or Ultra Terrestrial, part one. Now here are your hosts, Scott and John. Welcome back to Bible Mysteries Podcast. I'm Scott Mitchell. And I'm John Potts. And this is the show that talks about things in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know about. And boy, are we going to get into some things today, John. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I discovered some information that I think our listeners are absolutely going to be fascinated with, just as I was. But before we get to all that, I want to go ahead and reach out once again to thank our latest subscribers to the Bible Mystery Premium Podcast. So we are calling our subscribers Seekers, and we want to welcome the new Seekers, 12 new ones here. We're going to have Tim O., David G., Susanna P., Wade D., Steve G., and I've known Steve for years. He's been a, he's awesome. been a listener for uh, quite a while. Gary D., Dana S., William H., Gina K., and I believe Gina's from my home state of Louisiana, uh, Gary R, Pamela V, Bill S, and yep, that's it. That's 12. So thank you guys for being Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast subscribers. We're calling them the Seekers. The seekers. Yeah, yeah. So you can we're, seek the truth. We're, we're building the group one person at a time. Absolutely, one yeah. person at a time. And we have many more to go there. We're just trying to shout out a few each episode so that we can recognize you and thank you so much yeah, for being a part of it. Thank you very much. And for uh, this month of November is over by the time you hear this, almost over. We were asking for those people that have subscribed in the month of November, we're going to offer them the book by Gary P. Miller, one of the two yeah. books that we had available from them. So uh, make sure that uh, if you do subscribe, you'll be reached out to by us, and we'll be looking for a shipping address from you to send you the book. So uh, you might be checking your junk mail, you know, spam folders and things like that to be reached out by us uh, if you haven't seen anything yet. So please be aware of that. And all right, let's see. Oh, there's something else we need to talk about, right, John? Yeah, I was going to ask you, do you want to talk about the conference on January 22nd? That's right. We're still uh, formulating all the details, but we're telling people to save the date. Yeah. January 22nd of 2023, we're going to have a Bible Mysteries Conference. We're working on coming up with a name for it. I don't know. We, we've been... Sending uh, your suggestions. Send suggestions, yeah. yeah. We, we've, we've heard of... Uh, we thought of maybe SeekerCon <laughs> yeah. or something. Uh, that's just one idea, but we'd love to hear what you'd like to call it. Uh, we're going to have as our special guest, Brother Ryan Peterson, yep. author of Judgment of the Nephilim and the Final Nephilim. And Ryan's just a dear, dear man and a, just a very gifted writer and uh, theologian. So he's going to come down. We'll be having this in Seguin, Texas. We're just outside of San Antonio. And uh, we've got a nice little theater venue we're going to be uh, hosting this in. We're going to have some special perks and things we'll talk about when we get closer to finalizing all the details. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, if you'll um, come uh, look for announcements about that, we'll have tickets. Uh, there'll be a charge to cover the cost of expenses of, of all that. Yeah. But I think you'll find it's very much worth your time. Yeah. 
And we'll be accepting questions while we're there. Yeah. So when people are listening to Scott and Ryan discuss the topic, uh, which is going to be the seven seals in the book of Revelation, yep, that's going to be right. one topic, but we're also going to cover a lot of other topics. So yeah. if you're in the audience, you'll have the ability to ask questions while you're there. We're going to have a little bit of a different format. It's not going to be raise your hand and ask a question, but it's going to be send questions in. Yeah. And then you can also send questions in prior to. Sure. Uh, and we're going to address, hopefully address as many as we can. Can't do them all. Right? Yeah, that's right. We're yeah. going to have a Q&A session. We're definitely going to have a topic about the seven seals, like you said. Yep. We'll probably choose another topic, perhaps one uh, more. That that covers a lot of ground, but there's a good chance that if you give us suggestions, you're going to write something. We're going to go, oh, we need to talk about that yep. too. So write that in. But then do send in your questions. And if you, if you have specifically something you'd like us to address at the conference, uh, even if you can't be there, let us know. Earmark it somehow. How. Kind of yeah. say, hey, we'd like you to ask Ryan about this or yeah, whatever. Read, read Ryan's books; they're fascinating yeah. about the Nephilim, oh my about gosh. The, some of the, the best. coming Nephilim, the final Nephilim. Yeah, some of the fantastic. best information on that subject you're yeah. going to find there. So, yeah, thank you, John. Appreciate yep. you reminding me about that. And then, uh, speaking of conferences. Um, this isn't a conference, but it's a paper that I found. And one of our listeners is a man named Thomas. Okay. okay. Uh, I don't give last names for, for privacy purposes, but he sent me a link to a video that is, I guess it's a podcast or show or something like ours on YouTube. It's not a Bible-based podcast, but it's definitely discussing things about UFOs or UAPs as we call them now. Okay. Okay. Uh, the man's name is Chris Lado, and his program is called The Lado Files. And Chris, I don't know you, and if I'm mispronouncing your name, I apologize. It's L-E-H-T-O. So it's either Leto or Leto. But the show is The Leto Files. And he discusses in this episode titled, and you can find this on YouTube, but I'll have the link in the show notes. It's called, Have Ultra-Terrestrials Been Here All Along? And of course, he introduced me to a, a whole new term, ultra-terrestrial, ultra yeah. and he obviously got it from this paper that was written by a PhD named H.E. Putoff, and it's either Putoff or Putoff or something. I'm probably butchering somebody's last name, but this gentleman is a cosmologist from the Institute of Advanced Studies at Austin, Texas. Dr. Putoff poses some very interesting points. The title of this paper is called Ultra-Terrestrial Models, and that's where I think Chris uh, explained the uh -huh. title and what that means and how I came to know it. So first, a big shout out and thank you to Thomas for sharing that information and that link to me, and I'll share it with you as well, the listeners. Uh, but we're going to discuss this paper. So the, the title of our episode is Extra or Ultra Terrestrial, and I have a feeling, John, this is going to be several parts. Okay. Yeah, because this paper that Dr. Putoff has written uh, is called Ultra Terrestrial Models, and we'll start with the abstract that he wrote. So I'm going to put these... Um, uh, portions of the of the paper in the show notes as well but i will also put the link to his full pdf document okay and here's what i found that dr putoff poses some hypotheses as a scientist uh he makes no claims to be a christian a believer a bible theologian or anything like that uh he's just strictly approaching this from i guess you would call a scientific or evidentiary point of view Okay. And he's suggesting that there's enough to look into. We should be just, you know, examining this. We should be looking for forensic evidence, on and on. And he suggests these hypotheses that we should consider and not dismiss any possibilities about it. Yeah. But as I read the paper, I was struck by how what he's searching for evidentially, scientifically, is addressed in the Bible. And while this is not meant to be a rebuttal or a refutation of his paper at all, in fact, I've, I found it fascinating, I'm going to suggest that we're saying to him, I know where some of this evidence may be. Yeah. <laughs> and I'd like you to consider it as part of your arsenal of what you might call well, I'm evidence. I'm glad you're doing this because I think so many Christians either have questions about extraterrestrials or ultra-terrestrials, as we're about to learn what that is, right? Yeah. Or they get encountered by people that they speak to about their faith who say, well, okay, well, you have God, but what about all these other things flying around, right? That yeah. they, they maybe don't have answers for. And then, by the way, the U.S. government came out, what, last year and released 50 pages of documents yeah. saying that extraterrestrials are real. 
So as Christians, we need to arm ourselves with some information here. Amen, John. And I actually, I believe that very um, point you made about the government releasing documents may have been the um, purpose or the reason behind him releasing this okay. document. Uh, he, he kind of alludes to it indirectly. Uh-huh. Uh, and so what we'll do is we're going to start with the abstract of the paper because there's two, and I'm, I'm obviously not citing everything in the in the paper, but just the salient uh-huh. points that for me uh, are things that we can address. Okay. And so he makes two uh, particularly main points in the abstract, which is number one, there is an unidentified phenomenon interacting with the current human population on Earth. He's acknowledging we can't deny this yeah. anymore. This has to be. There's too many cases. Too many cases, yeah. right. And then number two, it is currently unknown whether the phenomenon is exclusively extraterrestrial, extra-dimensional, another term that yeah. I learned, yeah. crypto-terrestrial. Which no idea what that is. Hidden, <laughs> okay. hidden or secret. Uh, as a matter of fact, John, when we talk about, I guess, um, animals or creatures like Blurry Creatures discusses, Bigfoots, yeah. giants, Loch Ness monster, chupacabras. That would be crypto. That's a cryptozoology. Okay. Crypto, so okay. like like obscure or hidden animals, yeah. you know. <clears throat> so crypto terrestrial is going to be. We'll find out. Could there be another species of human-like creatures on the planet, sharing it with us but hidden from our view? Yeah. So not a spiritual entity, but a physical. Yeah, absolutely. And there's so many examples of that throughout Native American and ancient history. Skinwalkers. Just look at the pyramids, right? There's a a giant sphinx, right? Where where did that thing come from? Or even their gods with the bird head or the serpent, whatever. I mean, there's a lot to talk about there. There is, there is. Uh, uh, he continues on that these possibilities, extra-dimensional, crypto-terrestrial, and then he goes demonic forward slash jinn, and jinn is D-J-I-N-N. That is essentially the Islamic term for genies, uh, demons, whatever, <laughs> okay. princes of demons. I think a jinn was, in their theology, maybe like a, a prince of demons, and genies were the... Okay. You know, we think of genies like Aladdin and the Lamp as fun, yeah. friendly, Robin Williams laughing kind of things. Yeah. But they didn't think of them that way. So <laughs> they were equated with demonic spiritual entities. Yeah. Then they proto or ancient humans, and then we're getting into things like were there species before man, Yeah. right? And then time travelers, which okay. is an interesting concept there. Or, he says, some combination or mutation of any or all of these. So clearly, I think Dr. Pudoff has got a very open, open mind yeah. about the possibilities, and I think that's healthy. You know, I think oh, we absolutely. should not dismiss, because most of the... The, if we could say if the UFO phenomenon sort of um, increased uh, after 1947 in Roswell, mm-hmm. most of the people that have claimed to have some form of an encounter have been dismissed as kooks or nuts or yeah. Yeah. whatever, backwater rednecks or something. <laughs> and uh, I contend that a scriptural answer can be found to each of the points that are made in this abstract and and exemplified and explained even further later. So, and I wanted to present this series as a possible explanation for what Dr. Putoff is actually recommending that we investigate and and that we we would Hmm. find some of the answers right here. Well, I hope I don't cut into some of your points you're about to make because I haven't (laughs) seen any of these. So, uh, but the crypto terrestrial, which I think is extremely fascinating, right? Because that's that's really the, hey, okay, now you guys are really out there, right? Yeah. Which is like crazy animals, things mm-hmm. like shapeshifters and things sure. like that. And maybe you're going to show this, but when you tie it back to the Bible, God had Joshua, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm wrong a lot, right? <laughs> go into mm-hmm. the land of Canaan. He said, don't even, don't even kill just the men and the women. Kill the children, right? And we uh-huh. know that that has to do with genetics. Right. But he also said, kill the livestock. That's right. So... Why would God command to kill the livestock unless he felt like some of those beings, and this could be just my crazy theory, can shapeshift into animals in order to escape? That's that, just one theory, right? That is an excellent point. And I, I think, you it, you know, while the Bible doesn't say anything specifically yeah. about that, there are references in the scriptures to things that kind of allude to it. Okay. They're not clear, and so we can't take it as, oh, obviously he means this. And the term would be, yeah. for example, there were several lion-like men. 
And some okay. have contended that oh, maybe they were part man, part lion. Yeah. Almost like a, you know, Thundercats <laughs> sort of, okay. sort of yeah. entity, you know. And I don't know that it's specifically saying that. That could be a reference to how brave they were, what good warriors they were, soldiers, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. it's, it's worth consideration that um, you're talking about Joshua and the conquest of Canaan, yeah. where they were commanded to kill everything. And it yeah. was literally the extermination of, of the remnants of the giants, yeah. the Rephaim and, and whatnot, uh, because there was a, they seemed to be centered on that region, which, as we're going to find out, that's where God would place his city, Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they had a vested interest in wanting to control the area that came to be known as Canaan. And we've talked in the past about Canaan and what impact mm-hmm. he may have had. Uh, and, and the, the Nephilim lineage being diluted and carried into the uh, post-Diluvian world yeah. uh, after the flood. <clears throat> but also before that, when we consider, and we'll look at some of these scriptures throughout this series. This will probably be a several-episode series, John. Yeah. But uh, we'll consider that when in Genesis 6 the sons of God came and took the daughters of men, we know they had giants that were a hybrid human nef- human angel, exactly. Nephilim. Yeah. But it also said that all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth, mm-hmm. when all flesh would include anything, not just human, but the animal kingdom as well. Yeah. So could it be that the so-called mythological beasts like a minotaur, yeah. a centaur, uh, you know, um, I can't think of others right now, but they're essentially they're all chimeras of dinosaurs, some kind. Dinosaurs, you know. Yeah, possibly the dinosaurs. I mean, that maybe that predates that time too. Yeah, but yeah. if it were, then could it be that they were in fact genetically altered animals? Sure. That the fallen angels were messing with everything, trying to destroy or corrupt God's creation. Yeah. And hence, God had Noah save two of every kind of animal. Clean animals and animals that did not that it also did not have genetic defects or manipulation, mm-hmm. so that he could continue his original seed line in those animals as well. Yeah, and obviously the the humans that he chose would have been the same thing. Noah was the Bible says upright in his generations, and that ties us back to the promise of the the seed of Genesis chapter three. The seed of the woman would bruise the head of the serpent. Yeah. And the reason Satan was corrupting genetics in general was to stop that seed from ever being born. Which isn't it <clears> interesting <throat> that if God told Noah to take two of every kind of the animals that were on the earth and put them in the ark, and that was to maintain those animals had not gen- been genetically altered. Right? That's what we would we're, we're making that assumption, yeah. right? So then once those animals went through the flood then you had a clean genetic bloodline after that in those animals. Correct. Right? Well, then if you fast forward down to Joshua and Canaan, why would he then say destroy the livestock, yeah. right? Because the live, the animals at that point after the flood are then, so there's either, and this goes to L.A. Marzulli, where he's saying there was a second insurrection, uh-huh. but he's talking about humans, right? Yeah, a second he, incursion of angels to, to corrupt the human, human bloodline. Yes, yeah. And exactly. then there's also the theory, and I know this is what you believe and I do as well, that it went through the ark, right? Yeah, perhaps but, through that wife. But of we're talking about humans there, not animals, right? That's so right. Good point. If clean genetics went through the ark in, in the animal kingdom, then it would have had to have been altered again for God to say, kill the livestock. Yeah. That's why I go back to this crazy theory that I'm throwing out there that maybe there there were Rephaim, because it's post-flood, right, that Correct. had the ability to change shape yes. in order to escape what was happening at Canaan. That, that's an excellent point. And if you think about some, getting back to cryptozoology, yeah. if Bigfoot or Sasquatch or Yeti yeah. is... And if, if, if anything is an example of a cryptid, that is, yeah. right? And since there's no forensically hard evidence to prove they exist from the standpoint of a scientist, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, you got blurry uh, photographs and blurry yeah. video footage and maybe some footprints, but where is the real... Why have we never captured one? Is it possible that they possess this shape-shifting ability, a hyper-dimensional capability to step in and out of our perceived realm. You know, there's any number of possibilities that could have been incorporated into hybridized DNA 
the, and, and animals could be part of that. You know, if they were experimenting or genetically manipulating <laughs> animals and they had the technology to do so. And when we consider there's human abductions, but there's also cattle mutilations yeah, yeah, and these kind of things, perhaps the entities that are behind all this have the technology to incorporate those things. They can't create them because they're not creators. Yeah. But can they genetically manipulate them to cause to come into being shape-shifting type entities or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think it's that far-fetched. I think your <laughs> your theory is not as wild as you might think. And and the other thing about... <clears throat> By the way, that's not my theory. I heard that somewhere else. So I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to take claim for that. <laughs> well, and it's it's commonly out there. You yeah. Know, there's, there's several people that are considering that. And another possibility is simply that uh, if there wasn't a second incursion, and the DNA did drift over through Canaan's through Canaan somehow. Yeah. Um, that maybe the the secret knowledge of the dark angels, the fallen angels, was being revealed for humanity to mess with these things. Yeah. And therefore, they were beginning to experiment with the DNA structure or genetic manipulation of animals. Yeah. And that's another reason why God could have said kill them. Yeah. So it could have covered any one of those things. Like if if they were genetically changing them to create chimeras or monsters, mm-hmm. I don't want that. That's not my created animal. Or if they're hiding amongst them because they can shapeshift, it's another way to make sure you get everything and not just yeah. not let them slip through your fingers. Wow. Yeah. So it's it's wild, isn't it, <laughs> to consider? Uh, but we always kind of start from a concept of, as I stated in, in several episodes we've done previously to this, John, where we talked about both unclean spirits and the Holy Spirit of God. Yeah. We find that the Western world tends to ignore spiritual realities mm-hmm. and dismiss them as hokum or whatever yeah. and uh, not take it seriously. And it's possible it's possible that Dr. Putoff is doing the same thing here as a cosmologist, as a scientist, and he's looking for the, the clinical type of or forensic type of evidence that, that faith or spiritual things can't factor in. But he allows for them to be a source of possibility when he mentions demons, jinns, gods, yeah. Right. So I think I, I would have to at least think that from my perspective, he's being more open minded than a lot of scientists. Yeah, I would agree. Because he's saying, let's not dismiss any possibility and let's look for evidence wherever the path might lead us. Mm-hmm. And so I'm hopeful that maybe he will think that uh, this program and this series about the Bible and finding some of these answers in Bible mysteries might could be counted as forensic evidence from his or scientific point of view okay. because I believe there's an answer to any one of these hypotheses to be found in Scripture or case could be made. Yeah. And if he's willing to consider that, then maybe put away the blinders of scientism and rationalism and allow yourselves to be open to spiritual possibilities. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Yeah. yeah. Which brings us back to Ephesians <clears throat> 6. So we'll start in the Bible as always. Ephesians, sorry. Ephesians chapter 6. Mm-hmm. Clearing my throat when you were giving the... And so was I. And I got to tell our listeners, we live in Texas. It is the fall. Uh, ragweed and juniper and all the nasty things that pollen creates are out there. So we struggle with that. And I can only apologize to you for all the coughing and sneezing and everything mm-hmm. else that seems distracting. That's part of this podcast, clearing our throats and sneezing. It is. We're humans and it's real. However, I think the closest state to heaven is probably Florida, so it's it's worth it considering all that. But verse 12 is one we read frequently. Paul wrote, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And clearly the Bible is identifying a spiritual phenomenon that has to be inter- that has been interacting with humans throughout all of history. Mm-hmm. So one of his contentions was, you know, that there is an unidentified phenomenon interacting with the current human population on earth. And I would argue yes, there is and it has been that way from the beginning. Yeah. You know, there's nothing new about this. If there's an increase in activity, it's probably because we're coming to a culmination of prophetic things, yeah. you know. But I would say that um, it, the Bible recognizes these phenomenon to be demonic or angelic, and it would fit Dr. Putoff's definition of ultra-terrestrial 
when we go into his paper and define it. Yeah. So let's keep that in the back of our mind as we look at the next section of his ultra-terrestrial models. And, um, and incidentally, it might behoove some of you, if you think of it, to you can literally uh, pause this podcast, find the link to where you can download a PDF of this paper. It's a publicly available paper. Uh, it was printed in the Journal of Cosmology. It's volume 29. And um, you can read along and you can read the whole thing for yourself. How many pages is it like? About 16 pages. 16 pages. Yeah, yeah about 16 pages. And uh, it's it's not a difficult read. No. You know, it's, it's certainly written for uh, the layman to understand. And so he gives some background in the paper for why he's going to present these hypotheses. Okay. So let's look at some of his background statements. So... And, and he kind of gives a definition for ultra-terrestrial. This is a term I'd never been familiar with until now. And he says, for example, an ancient occult group, isolated pre-diluvial high-tech society, or stranded ETs forward slash quote-unquote gods. All right. And this is essentially a picture of history. You know, human yeah. history is right in those terms that he's using. The Bible will reveal both ancient occult groups, isolated pre-diluvial high-tech society. There's evidence for that in things like the pyramids. Yeah, you know, exactly. And, and monolithic structures all over the world. And then stranded ETs, gods, which it's interesting he uses that term gods in quotes. But I think what he means is the way, for example, certain ancient alien or ancient uh, astronaut theorists mm-hmm. would say we're actually ETs but revered as gods. Yeah. And in a sense that's true because fallen angels are in every sense of the word extraterrestrial. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But if they came to the earth and interacted with men and had children the Nephilim. Yeah. Now they've got a vested interest in humanity. And what we know from that and and from the evidence is that the giants uh, basically um, dominated mankind, corrupted mankind, um, had uh, lorded over them, you know, and that what some people call the golden age was in fact not at all. You know, Atlantis and all that technology was advanced by these Nephilim because they had access to their angelic mm-hmm. father's yeah. wisdom, and it was dark wisdom, so it was very occultic and very satanic, but... Uh, they were oppressors, and in fact, the Book of Enoch says they devoured men. Yeah. Um, so it was not a good time. Oh, using people for human sacrifice, for all kinds of witchcraft. I mean, there's... And teaching men to do it, you know, yeah. to, to offer their children to yeah. gods and yeah. such. Yeah. yeah. So he defines the term ultra-terrestrial, and I, I would argue it matches the Bible's explanation for this very spiritual wickedness yeah. that's been going on the planet since that time. And we've sort of dismissed it as myth and legend instead of taking it. Like the Bible doesn't give specific details and tell stories about it because this book is not written like Gary P. Miller said. This book isn't written to uh, to the angels or about angels. It's written, written to man. Men. It's yeah. written for mankind. But he tells us there are angels. He tells us there are demons. There's a Satan. Yeah. Yeah. And there are angels that fell. So we have to put the pieces together because it's God's book of love to mankind in spite of all this spiritual wickedness. Yeah. And, 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 and you know, because of it, you know. So let's go to Genesis 6, John, for the, the background. For many of our listeners who've been with us for, you know, from the beginning know this pretty well. But we could be speaking to somebody who's a new listener. And we kind of want you to know the, no pun intended, the genesis of what we do. There you go. <laughs> hey, I, that was just came to my head without... <laughs> By the way, if they're a brand new listener, they're probably thinking, these guys are out there, man. (laughs) (laughs) Or not very good at making humor. (laughs) Anyway, Genesis 6, and we'll start in verse 11 there because I want to, we'll come back at some point to talk about the giants, but it says in verse 11, the earth also was corrupt before God and the earth was filled with violence. Now, that has to be, for it to be noted here like that, it has to be beyond like, well, this the world today, that's filled with violence. You mm-hmm. can make that claim, yeah. and you're just exaggerating. Because yeah. not everybody is being wicked every minute of the day around you. We, we think our political leaders are wicked, and I have no doubt they are. Yeah. And there's a lot of crime, and there's a lot of people like that. But this says in verse 13, uh <clears throat> Well, verse 12, and God looked upon the earth and behold, it was corrupt 
for all flesh Mm -hmm. had corrupted his way upon the earth. Hi, thank you again for listening to Bible Mysteries Podcast. We sure hope you've enjoyed our interview with Gary P. Miller on his book, Creation. And I want you to know that for the month of November, John, we're going to run a special. Really? Yeah, we're going to allow every new premium subscriber in the month of November to receive a free copy of one of Gary's books, either Creation in the Beginning, which we discussed in the episode where we interviewed Gary, or Hell, God's Prison, which is another one of Gary's books, and we will happily pay the shipping to send that to you. So if we can give you extra incentive to want to subscribe and become one of our premium podcast members, now you've got one more reason to do so. Awesome. Thanks again. And God said unto Noah, the end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. And the them there is important because the context of them is going to be found back in the beginning of the chapter when we talk about Mm -hmm. the sons of God and the daughters of men. So we'll deal with that later. But we want you to know that those Nephilim offspring, hybrids, which we wouldn't call them cryptozoology, but they're crypto-terrestrials. Yeah. Yeah. They are the they are the source of this corruption. They taught men how mm. to do these wicked things. Yeah. And it, to me, it looks as though, and this is where we can refer back again to our dear brother, Ryan Peterson, uh, the judgment of the Nephilim makes very clear that the, the fact that the sons of God took the daughters of men to wife, which is a contract, marriage, yeah. seems to imply that it was consensual, even though you could say the took was to seize by force, so maybe it wasn't consensual on the women's part necessarily. But there's evidence to prove that men, fathers and brothers, were willing to make the exchange for the advanced technology, yeah. for the dark wisdom that they had. Because otherwise, you know, what, what was to gain? The angels, I don't know that they could just come in and forcefully take them as if to say they took them and raped them. Because... That would imply the angels crossed over the boundaries that God set, where man was given dominion of the earth. And if that was the case, why why not do it now? They've got yeah. technology. They've got the capabilities to wipe us out. We couldn't even send a single missile. Well, you, you could make the case that they took women, right? <clears throat> took them and raped them to... Uh, pollute the DNA, yeah. but that doesn't explain why they taught the dark arts, right? And yeah. that's where the contract of like, hey, I'll give you my daughter yeah. if you'll teach me how to how to do metal work, whatever they call it. Exactly. That. And know? I think that's what happened. So, yeah. yeah. Otherwise, why would the, the fallen angels, they say, we just take whatever we want. We'll to give you nothing. Well, I don't have to yeah. give you anything. You'll get right? nothing yeah. in like it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so that, and the fact that it uses the term wives... And uh, that tells me that uh, there was a contract because you yeah. don't enter, you don't consider a victim of rape the wife of the rapist. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But you would if they married them. There's a then there's a vow. Yeah. So maybe and even in the book of Enoch, which gives some details that we can't rely on, and it's not scripture, yeah. but it's historically significant. Uh, they talk about when these angels decided to do this, and they all agreed they were going to come down. They took a vow. Yeah. Now, that was a vow to each other, but if they're willing to make contracts, then why wouldn't they do it with humans? Yeah. You know? And uh, so, you know, all three of the examples that Dr. Pudoff presents uh, were present in this scenario. Okay. And were responsible for the corruption that led to the flood of Noah. That's the reason why God flooded the earth. It's not just because men were out there smoking and playing cards and dancing. You know, they were doing far worse than that. But that they were physically, genetically corrupted. The flesh was corrupted. Both animals and mankind. And to your point, the Bible's not going to exaggerate something to make a point. Because then our interpretation of what it says would be all over the place, right? It's only going to say what's accurate, right? It says all flesh was corrupt. Exactly. Everything, So either God's being capricious with language 
and that's not fitting the character of God. Yeah. Or he wrote down yeah. exactly what he wanted us to know, and he meant every word he said. So if you try to match that up with the prophecy that Jesus gives in <clears throat> Matthew, and you probably know the chapter where he says, as in the days of Noah, 24. so... Okay, so it's 20, Matthew 24. Yep. As in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the end, right? Yep. Something like that. I'm yeah, paraphrasing. You're right. It's a, it so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man, okay. which is the end. The end. Okay, yeah. so when people say... Oh, man, look what's going on now. It's the end of the world. It's like, I, I don't know. I mean, there's still good people running around. Yeah. Here in the Bible, it says in the days of Noah, all flesh was all flesh. We haven't gotten there yet. We're close. We're closing yeah. in, but we're not yeah. there. And and I'm glad you mentioned Matthew 24, John, because uh -huh. that's further credibility to when Christ said that. And then he explained it. And he said, in the days of Noah, before the flood, they were eating and drinking marrying and giving in marriage until the flood came and took them mm -hmm. all away. So he's using the example that the flood of Noah was the wrath of God upon a uh, an angelic incursion on the world. Okay. And the second coming of Jesus Christ will also be God's wrath upon an angelic incursion in the world at that time. But he specifically mm -hmm. referred to marriage. And in the days mm -hmm. of Noah, the only reference to marriage in Genesis 6 was the sons of God taking the daughters of men to wife. So okay. this is back to that contract versus rape versus yeah. taking by force, you know. Yeah. So it's the idea is there's going to be a willing agreement, which kind of makes me think that, and we're going to get to a point that Dr. Putoff made about does the government know more than the rest of us? There are some that argue that an arrangement was made after Roswell yeah. uh, in the 1950s between President Eisenhower and so-called ETs that they would be allowed to continue to abduct and experiment on humanity in exchange for technology. Hmm. And then there was sort of an explosion of technology after World War II. Yeah. And I personally believe the same agreement was made with Hitler and the Nazis. I was just about to say, it happened all over the world <laughs> then, right? Yeah. Because and then they lost, right? Yeah. By the grace of God, the Allies defeated the Axis powers. But when we got in there... And looked at the scientific advancements that the Germans had made. They were so far ahead of us. Operation Paperclip and um, I forget the uh, Operation uh, Overcast okay. was the original project of we need to go in there before the Russians do and seize the technology and the papers and everything else so that they can't get an advantage of us in the so-called space race and whatever yeah, yeah. that happened during the Cold War. So I think we imported much of their satanic dark yeah. knowledge, and it became a part of our CIA, our FBI, uh, the OSA at the time, whatever it was, yeah. um, you know, yeah. and psychological experiments, uh, Operation Mockingbird, and the beta programming, beta kitten programming, MK Ultra, all that stuff, which we've discussed in numerous episodes, mm -hmm. and I'm sure we'll have to discuss in more detail. So, yeah, when you think about it, that, and incidentally, as it turns out, Hitler and the Nazis were steeped in the occult. Oh, absolutely. That whole Aryan race thing, and they were looking at the Tibetan uh, masters and all that stuff. I mean, and the yeah. Nordic gods, all that, you know, like the, you know, when you follow the Marvel series about the Tesseract. I don't know what that is. Captain America and the, okay. and the, the, the Blue Square and okay. Loki oh, okay. fought for yeah, yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I'm a nerd. I'm not as big of a nerd on You're that You're not as big of a nerd as I am. <laughs> but I, I mean, as a kid, those were the comic books we read. Yeah. Now I see how satanic they were. Yeah. You know, it's and it still is. The, the whole Marvel uh, franchise is designed to make satanic, occult, uh, pagan theology and things attractive to young people. Yeah, and and maybe to normalize it, but yes. then also to discredit Christianity. Of course. Because if we sit around and talk about this and go, oh, that's satanic yeah. stuff, people who are non-believers are going to be like, really? This is what these guys talk yeah. about? These Christian guys are now talking about Superman? I mean, you yeah. know what I mean? So you numb it down. You right? do. And Superman, when you even think about Superman as being... Uh, uh, a son born on another planet, mm -hmm. so he's extraterrestrial. Yeah, right. He comes to the earth with superpowers. He's very much a Christ-like figure. Yeah, to the earth, to the people of Earth, you know. And uh, it's like everything that they're doing is discrediting Christianity and bringing magic and paganism mm -hmm. into the forefront. You know, so like I, Christianity just took the pagan myths and they turned it to their own 
spin. Yeah, yeah. But what really happened was Lucifer was the real God. I mean, that's what... It, or what if... This is crazy. I'm just going to throw it out. What if they show up again and they appear as superhumans? Yeah. And the world's like, holy cow. Like We want to be like them. Quote, unquote, Superman's real, right? Yeah. Just for lack of better terms. Well, then their message is... Yeah, this message has been through throughout mankind. That's why you see it in the Aztecs. Of course. People flying. That's why we had giant lynxes. Christianity stole these ideas. Guys, this oh, isn't yeah. new. We've been here all along. We're watching over you, right? But it's a demonic presence. That's called the Great Deception. Absolutely. Right? So. And all these ancient cultures, like you mentioned, the Aztecs, yeah. the Sumerians, the Egyptians, they all, Native Americans, all make reference to sky people. Yeah. You know, some some term fitting yeah. sky people. They came down from the skies, the gods, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. These were angels that came down. And yes, from our perspective, they would have superpowers. Oh, absolutely. So yeah. if, if they suddenly came down, like you said, in the end, deception, and they said, we're actually your forefathers, and we're here to help you move on to the next phase of evolution so you can be like us, who wouldn't take their... Yeah pill or yeah. injection or whatever. Yeah. Well, a lot of people mark. believe that now, right? That the, that the US, or that the human population was seeded by an alien race. Yeah. I cannot remember the name of it. It's panspermia. Is that what that is? Yeah, okay, that's yeah. the theory, which I believe eventually is going to become the scientific paradigm that replaces evolution. Yeah. It'll be yeah. it'll at some point be a credible or perhaps the only explanation that will be allowed to be taught in school. Yeah. You know, and uh, all the way around, I think we're talking about uh, interaction with spiritual wickedness. Yeah, Either absolutely. way, and, and one of the other things that Dr. Putoff says in his background is that he asks the question, has the phenomenon ramped up in our era, in modern times, or has it been essentially constant over millennia? You know, that's okay. an interesting question yeah. that he asked. Because the phenomena he calls it, and we're saying, yeah, it's here. It's in the Bible. He's saying, we don't know what it is, but it's, could it be ultra-terrestrial? And what we're trying to do is define the term ultra-terrestrial as, because think about it. If it's strictly extraterrestrial, okay, an advanced civilization of aliens from another planet, what could they possibly care about us? You know, yeah, if, yeah. if they were truly advanced and they were malevolent, they would conquer us and destroy us and take the planet. Mm -hmm. All right. It's never been done, even though they have advanced technology compared to ours. If they are truly and sincerely interested in us not destroying ourselves with a nuclear war and preserving the planet and stopping climate change or whatever that they claim to be yeah. some of these so-called close encounters of the third kind yeah. uh, are basically there. They have a vested interest in the planet. Then why, why would they care? So Dr. Putoff is, is I mean, if they're advanced and they live on other planets, we're as insignificant to them as a rock, Yeah. you know, so why do they care unless they have a vested interest? And if they have a vested interest, that means maybe they're related to the planet somehow. What is their connection? Hmm. Hence the term ultra terrestrial rather than extraterrestrial. Even if they came from an extraterrestrial source, why do they care? Why do they have a vested interest in Earth yeah. and humanity? Which brings us back to, yes, they do, because they want to take the planet and be worshipped as gods. And perhaps they lived here before. And perhaps they before lived here it was, before. Before it was destroyed. Which brings us back around to <laughs> the world that was. Right? Yeah. And I've got to finish that book. Well, which also is what you and Gary Miller spoke a lot about. Which is yeah. Which is Genesis one one versus yep. Genesis one two. Absolutely, and and so much history occurred yeah. between those two verses that much of Christianity will not even acknowledge. They won't even talk about yeah. it, and in fact, they they ignore it and they say, "Oh, the Earth is only six thousand years old." And they in young Earth, but creations, you have no idea to know how much history happened there. But to Gary's yeah. point, he says the book's not written about that. Right. The book is written to you. It's a handbook. Exactly. Right? <laughs> so if all of that history is between angelic beings and a war, we can see evidence of it in the scripture. But the reason why God didn't give us the specifics is because just like you said that Gary mentioned, mm -hmm. he wrote the book to you. It's his love letter to man. Yeah. The angels have been judged. And mm -hmm. while there's still a battle going on and there's an ultimate end, we're the prize. Mm -hmm. So God's directing his attention on the, the, the object of his affection and the item that he wants to redeem. Yeah. 
not angels. He's not given the angels the world to come. So the phenomenon certainly has been present uh, for millennia, but I, I think I would agree with Dr. Putoff, or at least uh, I, I would answer him, that it has ramped up yeah. uh, recently, and it ramped up prior to the flood of Noah, hence yeah. God's divine judgment yeah. in the flood. It ramped up during the earthly ministry of Jesus Christ as we saw the explosion of demonic activity. Yeah. Which is related in some respects to the phenomenon he's talking about. And it will again before Christ returns, clearly, uh, when we look at Daniel 2 and Matthew 24 yeah. and all those passages. So really, this is going to be almost just like a summary overview of the meat and potatoes that we're going to get into in the next several episodes, which could okay. span more than two or three, you know. But let's go back to Genesis 6 again for just a moment because we want to give, for the benefit of the listeners that are new to this show, our whole premise about why there is a hybrid type of ultra-terrestrial. I'm going to use Dr. Putoff's term to describe the Nephilim because okay. it would match his definition from a cosmologist scientific perspective. Okay. And it's Genesis 6 verse 1. And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born unto them that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair and they took them wives of all which they chose. Now that took them which they chose which was implying some people think it was this violent rape or taken yeah. by force. Yeah. But the very fact that it says they took them wives implies contract. They chose them, they selected and said, it, they would then willy-nilly, who can run, who's the, you know, what's the old joke about in the zombie apocalypse? I only have to be able to run faster than you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? So uh, it's, you know, I doubt that they were just willy-nilly grabbing women. I think they chose yeah. the women that were presented to them by the men who okay. said, look how beautiful our sister is, Naama, uh -huh. right? One, yeah. of the, one of the daughters of Cain. And uh, if you take her to wife and she's willing... Because she wants to be the one to bring forth the Superman. Yeah. Right? Then uh, you give us the advanced technology, which her brothers did receive. Tubal Cain and Jubal yeah. and, and the rest. Uh, verse 3, And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be in 120 years. There were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bear children to them. The same became mighty men, which were of old men of renown. And that coming in and bearing children unto them, that just, again, looks very contractually agreed upon. Mm -hmm. It doesn't seem to me a violent taking. And the mighty men, that's Giborim, uh, that's another term. Um, and uh, th there's... Um, there's, I forget where the word, nef oh, giants is the Nephilim, yeah. So the word mm -hmm. giant there, uh, that's not a tall Shaq, Shaquille O'Neal man. He's big. Yeah. But these giants were far bigger than that. Yeah. And again, because they were hybrids. The term sons of God in verse 2 is benai Elohim in the scripture, in the Hebrew scriptures. And it, it's basically always used in relation to angels. Uh, Christian teaching, Christian theology that wants to ignore that and try to make that the line of uh, Seth versus the line of Cain yeah. and this and that yeah. and the other. It's cognitive dissonance. They do not want to allow for a spiritual phenomenon to be true yeah. because it violates their Western sensibilities. And unfortunately, Christoplatonism, as um, Timothy Alberino explained mm -hmm. in his book, A Birthright, uh, and in our interview, uh, took over and has adulterated the church theology. Yeah. And made, um, and, and Timothy's words are, made the Christian church anthropocentric, focused on man, yeah. rather than Christocentric, focused on Christ. Yeah. And Christ encountered spiritual wickedness yeah. all around him, you know. So I think that we have to dismiss our Western way of thinking and allow the Bible to mean what it says. And clearly there were giants, they were superhuman. They were the product of angelic beings and human women. And they were, uh, the, the, the sons of God were extraterrestrial beings by definition. They yeah. didn't live on the earth. They came down from the heavens. But they bred with humans, and they had a vested interest in the terrestrial things at that point. So I think we could say they became ultra-terrestrial. Hmm. I mean, wouldn't you? Does this make them ultra-terrestrial by Dr. Putoff's explanation? 
I, I think yeah. the argument could make could be made that it that it is. A couple more passages before we wrap up today, John. Um, you mentioned Matthew earlier, but I want you to go to Matthew eight okay. uh, rather than twenty four. And um, yeah, this is going to be a fascinating uh, series. I think this discussion. <clears throat> We were talking about in in his in reference to Dr. Putoff's uh, asking the question: Has the phenomenon ramped up in our era? And I suggested it's wrapped up at several times throughout history. Yeah, and and is certainly doing so now. Well, we see a picture of that in Matthew chapter eight when it ramped up. We've already read Genesis six Good. when it ramped up mm-hmm. with the incursion there. We see it in Matthew eight verse sixteen. When the even was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils. And he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Now, once again, the emphasis is on Christ and his healing power, his showing a sign to Israel and his compassion and his mercy. So again, like Gary Miller writes, it, it, this book is written to us, to man. It's God's yeah. reaching out to man. But it's just assumed, yeah, there were devils, and he cast them out. No discussion of well, how did they get there? Where did they come from? What are they? Well, they're spiritual entities. Yeah. They're spiritual wickedness. And why were there so many possessed with devils that needed casting out? You know, Has it always been that way? Or was there a proliferation of them? Yeah. Or did it ramp up? <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it did. And I think it was to, uh, you know, maybe from Satan's perspective, it was him trying to prevent the ministry of Christ from accomplishing whatever it meant to do. But from God's perspective, he allowed it so that Christ could, in fact, cast out the devils and show the power of God. Yeah. You know, so there appeared to be an increase, if not an explosion, of demonic activity around the incarnation of Jesus Christ and hmm. his earthly ministry. That's what I would contend. So that will address his his uh, theory there. Yeah, I was just thinking <clears throat> to myself, and I could be completely wrong here, as I can often very be, right? <laughs> so I'm not claiming this is a fact, but you, you, you mentioned several times during history, and this being one when there was a, a ramping up of uh, demonic activity, and then you look at the current situation that we're in nowadays, has homelessness and mental health ever been as bad as it is right now? I mean, I can remember growing up, and I was born in 73, right, that there was homeless people every once in a while. And then then it got worse and worse, and now you hear the term tent city, right, Mm, where it's everywhere, right? And then you go on social media, and you look at videos of people where they're filming walking down Kensington Avenue Mm. in Pennsylvania, and they... Literally zombies. And I understand that that's drug abuse. Yeah. But drugs Some are also a way to open your mind to demonic activity. We'll get to that in just a second. You're okay. right. I know. I agree so with you. So that's why I'm saying maybe there is a huge ramp up going yeah. on right now. And I'm just throwing it out. There's another. Well, there's always been what we could classify today as mental illness. Yeah. Uh, it, it wasn't yeah. as rampant maybe as it is now, or at least it went unreported or underreported. Yeah. yeah. But there used to be mental health facilities, insane asylums. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> Whatever, and and they got rid of those. I think legally they were challenged or something, uh, because it became a well, question. They used of, to take people that were mentally retarded and throw them into yeah, those facilities, yeah. and then it was actually exposed by Geraldo Rivera back yeah. in the eighties, sometime back in then. Yeah, yeah, but and I so think they were that, kind of throwing it all into one big yeah, pot, right? Right. And it wasn't certainly it was mishandled and mistreated, yeah. but it still begs the question: How much of it was in fact drug related? Yeah. How much of it was in fact psychiatric? Yeah. And how much of it was demonic? Mm-hmm. You know, and maybe we ignored some of the things and just lumped them all together. So they just need psychiatric treatment, and then they were abused, mm-hmm. which in itself is demonic. Yeah. So we're right back where we started in a sense. Uh, but clearly, I'm beginning to think that much of what's going on today, I mean, there's an increase of depression, suicide, anxiety. Oh, yeah, demonic oppression. Uh, oh, yeah. And, I mean, way. you can't even drive on the road anymore today and not just see people so, you know, just raged uh, and driving so recklessly, and they don't care. So what is driving that? Well, and it, you're typically not going to—sorry to interrupt you. You're not going to find someone who has a lot of depression— um, or who who is got a lot of mental illness who sits down every morning and spends time in the Word of God, That's right? True. And is a Christian, right? And I'm not 
blanket statementing sure. that, right? Because I'm sure that it's happened. But you are going to find that people get severely depressed or people that uh, have all kinds of mental illnesses are listening to very demonic music. Yeah. They're reading very demonic books, movies, <clears throat> taking drugs. These are all kind of tied together, oh, by yeah. the way. Yeah. And it's a gateway into that kind of oppression. Yeah. So, so we, we've mentioned, you know, um, dark things, yeah. uh, heavy metal music, occult symbolism, yeah. witchcraft is rampant in media and it's glorified in TV shows. And New books, age. All the New Age teaching and then drugs uh, yeah. and they're trying to legalize all the drugs and uh, never mind the, the politics of the war on drugs, which is a dismal failure. But uh, go to Revelation 9. We actually Good. talked about this not long ago uh, in our study about the unclean spirits. And I want to, it's worth repeating for our last passage for today, and then we'll pick up in part two, Lord willing, next week. But uh, we've already said there will be an increase, if not an explosion, of demonic activity. And uh, I'm going to use the term ultra-terrestrial okay. activity uh, prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. And it's no better exemplified than right here. So in closing, we'll just read this passage in verse 20. Um, and the rest of the men which were not killed by these plagues re yet repented not of the works of their hands, that they should not worship devils, mm -hmm. demons, and idols of gold and silver and brass and stone and of wood, the gods, yeah. fallen angels which neither can see nor hear nor walk because these idols to these people can't do anything. And incidentally, we could do a whole subject matter on idolatry, you know, another time. Neither repented they of their murders, nor of their sorceries, nor of their fornication, nor of their thefts. And clearly, increasing in crime, mm -hmm. we're seeing it happen. Certainly an explosion or increase of pornography, which fornication, actually the root word is porneo, and, and what people don't understand is, and they don't draw this connection, and we'll have to find some maybe, that's a sensitive subject to talk about pornography, but it does tie into Satan because yeah. it's not just the nudity itself uh, or the exploitation of women, which is certainly going on there, but fornication is a term that literally means using a sexual practice to worship gods. And okay. in witchcraft and Wiccan and yeah, all this kind of yeah. stuff, all these things, there is the abuse of acolytes or whatever. And and um, and well, and, there's the whole term, and I don't know anything about it, but sex magic. Yes, yes. You know, where tantric. They tie, where yeah, where yeah. they're tying <coughs> sex into some they kind of a ritual. It right? brings a yeah. power. It brings a power to yeah. them, and it's certainly part of like yoga and things like that, meditation. I think that was Aleister Crowley. Too, oh, yeah. That he was big into sex. Anyway, yeah. I'm sure they all are. Don't get you're, me wrong. And so what I'm saying is it's like it's another doorway into yeah. that. You know, there's, yeah. there's the one hand where, uh, you know, a, a man is just looking for, you know, um, visual stimulation, yeah. you know, to, to be drawn to that. And there's an addiction that can be had there. But there's another thing that Satan can do to use that to draw you into a place where this becomes your idol, your worship. Oh, absolutely. And then the word sorceries there, and you think, you know, who's running around wearing a big tall hat like Merlin or Gandalf, you know, mm -hmm. but it's not that. And the word there in Greek is pharmakopoeia or pharmakai, which is pharmaceuticals. Yeah. Drugs. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about all of these are used to alter the mind to be susceptible to demonic uh, suggestion, influence, possession, mm -hmm. everything. And so when we talk about mental illness at all, look at our society today where all these things are being normalized. And yeah, you better believe there's going to be an explosion of paranormal activity. When the doorways are being opened, it's like saying, it's like to opening a giant Ouija board box and saying, hey, demons, let's play. Come on. Yeah. And when enough of that's going on, the fallen angels are going to go, oh, okay, they're ready for us. And here they come. We know that by the Bible, they're going to be cast out of heaven in the war that's coming in Revelation yeah. 12. But once they arrive and they're confined to the earth, what better way to present themselves as people that should be worshipped? Yeah, ultra-terrestrials. Yeah, than to, yeah. to present that. So we'll dig deeper into this. I hope this has whet your appetite <laughs> yeah, for those who are, are listening today for more uh, looking into the Bible to understand ultra-terrestrial models as is written in the paper by Dr. Prudolph. So you don't want to miss part two. 
John, as always. Thank you. Very thank you. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening today. If you like what you heard, share it with a friend. If you want to learn more, you can go to Unlock the Bible Now. That's utbnow.com. Hey, thanks again for listening. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast episode, and we so much appreciate you sharing with others and your friends and tell them about the show. And we'd also love it if you'd one more time consider joining Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast as a subscriber. Absolutely. And keep in mind that your subscription helps us get the word out to as many people as we can possibly reach. So we appreciate you partnering with us. Don't forget, it's BibleMysteries.Supercast.com. And thanks again for joining us today.